Welcome to the Back to Square Quan podcast with your host Chong and Kedrick. This is a podcast where we will have conversations about training, nutrition, and philosophy, taking you back to square one. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Welcome to the Back to Square Quan podcast, and today we have a very special guest, Lauren. Um, for those who don't know, she is one of the athletes from the Strength Guys. So obviously, Kedrick works for them, and as of this recording, at least um, she's about ten weeks out from her next power meet. Mm-hmm. Um, but today we're kind of going to be talking not just about powerlifting, but a topic really near and dear to. Well, at least my heart personally, which is going to be about lifting, particularly in Asian cultures and being a female. And what are some things that you know she's found tough, or you know some barriers that has uh, been faced over her lifting career um, and as a coach as well, potentially. So, yeah, welcome to the show, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Yeah, no worries. So, I guess I'll start us off at this. Um, my parents were very apprehensive about me lifting heavy. Um, the the first time I posted a video of me lifting 100 kilos or 225 on my back, they were like, "Oh, you're gonna hurt yourself." <laughs> um, how do your what what are your parents, I guess, thoughts on you going down this career path or being someone heavily involved in sort of like the fitness culture as a whole? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think even till this day there, I mean, I think I feel like even with Asians, like they tend to, I don't know if it's really to like keep you modest, but like they don't really ever like congratulate me for like when I do my meets or I know I'm starting with more of the negatives, but I think so like the internally, they might be proud of me, I think from what it seems, because they tend to show through like a lot more action, but in terms of words, in terms of like congratulations and all these things, like um, they're a lot like they don't tend to congratulate me very often for any of the awards I get, particularly with fitness. So when I first started getting into fitness, um, you know, I was trying to go into grad school and then I kind of decided like, you know, I don't really feel like there is a career that's going to fit me very well. And during that time, I was like very into lifting and I started just like um, jumping into personal training and I was in, in person. And I was thinking like, you know, there might be actually something here because I actually really enjoy it. I told my dad, which was the scariest thing, because he was really looking forward to me going to grad school. Um, And when I told him, surprisingly, he was just like, okay, like, if this is what makes you happy, sure. But, um, you know, even right now, like, I have a home gym, and, like, they kind of, like, whenever I lift any heavy weights, like, they're, they don't really, like, say very much about it. So it's more, like, indifference slash, like, kind of, like, a little bit of of frowning upon me. So um, I think that still very much affects me. Um, even till this day, I think they still don't really get it. And even when I tell them any of my accomplishments, um, I think it doesn't mean as much to them. Um, like if I was a doctor or something, like, of course they would like, like that a lot more. So that's the one thing that has been, of course, like very hard. And like, actually it was like, I think like around like this year when I feel like I kindly came to like terms with the fact that, you know, I'm not going to ever meet their standards um, or like what they want for me. And like, I kind of have to pave my own path and just be okay with the fact that like, you know, growing up in an Asian household, like it's just going to be different. And I don't want to have to like ever prove anything to anyone. And I think um, 
And I, I think that's kind of like how I'm seeing it now. So it is a little, it is still challenging, um, but I've come to realize I can't really change their minds. Um, and they, and hoping like, you know, they just meet me where I'm at eventually. Mm, yeah. Interesting. I, I have a, a quick question. Um, are your parents like, are you like the first generation like American? So your parents are actually immigrants when they first uh, arrived in America. Yeah, I, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do think like that they tend to be a little bit more predisposition, predisposition towards what, uh, how or, or the approach that the parents tend to use towards feels like this, especially if you are like, you know, like if your parents were immigrants compared to like if your parent if you were like the second generation, uh, Asian American. So I do think there's like quite a difference because you know like when you expect there's certain like expectations when you go to America, like you want to, you like people think like America is this. Uh, place where it's ample opportunities and then hence there's that 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 thought of the back of your, your parents' head is like cool right uh I have certain expectations because like literally literally the world is your oyster so that's mm-hmm. just like a, a very interesting fact and of course uh perhaps it could also be uh like you know the something that when you go through and when you raise uh your kids in the future if you want to have kids you will not like put them through the same thing you went through so uh, mm-hmm. it's actually like quite i just i think it's a quite an interesting thing because I, like yourself i uh i mean my parents never ever said that uh that i needed to be a doctor oh another question question before i go there are you like do you have any siblings so my story is very interesting um so my dad is 93 this year and my mom is half his age so she is 55 so yep. On my dad's side, I have four step siblings, so yeah. they are much older. They already have kids that are actually older than me. I'm actually the only child on my mom's side, so only child with like between my pa- two parents, yeah. and um, so so yeah, that's kind of like how it is for me. And like yeah, I'm the only child. Um, so the dynamic is a little different. Everyone's like much older than me, and I'm the only child. But mm. yeah, <laughs> interesting. And uh, your like steps, your step siblings, like all in the states as well. Yeah, they're in the States. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I do think, like, being either the only child or the eldest, like, child has some, like, you get a little bit more attention, whether the attention is good or bad, right? Like, obviously, with more attention would come certain expectations as well, I, I at least I personally feel, because I'm, like, I'm the eldest child of my family, and I, I'm the only one currently in New Zealand, uh, all my siblings and uh, my parents, my, my relatives, like, 90% of them are back home in in Malaysia and what I've noticed is that as an elder child you kind of like have to set like the expectations for your younger siblings right like you always feel like you have that that burden you know even though it's not like imposed per se you always feel like at least through communication you know uh, for example like subtle stuff like whether they congratulate you for my parents to say oh you have to be a good example you know even they don't really like say okay cool if you don't be a good example. This is what's going to happen. You can't have like food on your table. You know, it's not really like enforced strictly. So I just find, find it to be a very like interesting, like dynamic because myself, like pursuing this is very, uh, I mean, you, you would probably be able to kind of like, I mean, all three of us here, Chung as well, will be able to relate that pursuing the, the fitness industry uh, is actually quite, uh, quite, different you know as mm. a career choice for for asians in yeah. general yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It, it, it is quite rare as well and i mean at the end of the day i i, I think that 
like your story kind of reminds me of like mine a little in the sense that your my parents actually don't really know what I'm doing, but that's fine. I yes, hundred percent. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's funny because um I I literally had this conversation with my dad last week. Like he knows I'm I'm like coaching. He yeah. knows I graduated with a nutrition and and food science degree. And last week he was like, so. What do you do? Like, I know you have, you, you, uh, like, you, you, do you give people food plans and stuff yeah. like that? What do you actually do? And I, I, I literally had to sit him down for like, I think it was like a good hour. And um, um, P.S. Those who are listening out there, my parents are still living in Malaysia. I'm the only child in the family who lives in New Zealand. Um, and we basically sit down over like WhatsApp and kind of like talk to him like okay so this is what my day actually looks like Like, this is what i actually do (laughs) it's uh yeah it's interesting that uh kedrick you brought that up and lauren as well like they don't really know what we do in most cases (laughs) yeah Yeah. i don't because like i think like the role that we have is more of like in the routes of like you know um like kind of entrepreneur where like you're doing you hold like a lot of different hats and you do a lot of different things and your day looks different um every single day and like unless it has like the the like a certain title to it. Cause I think in Asian cultures, like they want like stat, like status really mm. matters at least for like, especially like Chinese culture. Cause I'm, I'm Chinese, like, especially that, like they want to be able to tell their f- friends and family, like, well, yeah. this is what my daughter does or whatever. Like, um, and that holds a lot of value for them. Um, so, you know, going into like the careers that we have, it's, it's much harder for them to, I guess, like tell other people, like, what do you do? And they're like, oh, like they just help people work out or, or whatever. But it goes so much more into that. And every time, actually, when I explain to my family, they still don't really understand. They're just like, oh, fitness trainer. But, you know, like to in other people's eyes, they're like, oh, like that's nothing, you know. But um, yeah, so it's it's kind of a struggle with that. So I, I totally get you guys. <laughs> I So like one thing that has worked for me uh, and maybe you would be able to share where you are in your current journey or, or stuff like that would be like my family. So I'm, I have three brothers. So we have like a family of four boys and all of us like lift or train uh, in some form or extent. And I, we actually like, I mean, I, I'm not, I can't say it's my influence, but I mean, I would just say all of us, maybe my, my mom observes all of us training and we, she actually got into training and that made, like a big difference right so i i at least i personally think it's not just uh something it's not like the reaction parents have is not particularly or exclusively for fitness it's more something that is unfamiliar to them Mm. right because uh, if we look at like maybe the reasons why uh like people who are not asian or like white parents would be able to uh encourage this more is maybe because when they went to high school or or like university, they actually lift some weights, right? So mm-hmm. it's normal for the mm-hmm. kids to probably lift some weights. Whereas our parents, uh, especially like you said, your parents are uh, immigrants where in from from China. I'm pretty sure uh, mm-hmm. that they opportunities as such are not there in, in Malaysia. Like Chung, like we don't have like weight rooms in our school, so lifting yeah. weights in general isn't really a, a big thing, you know. So like I got my mom to uh, to start training, and then yeah, things like actually progressively get better because now she she's also like oh wow i actually really enjoy it at first it's always going to be like oh man this sucks right like so pain all of this my i'm so old why must i do this you know like why must i live so heavy right and then actually when they themselves see, start seeing their life improve uh 
they get a little like hang of things and they're like, oh cool, right? Now now I understand why uh there's like actually a market for this because my mom also noticed like oh certain coaches are good, certain are not 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 uh not not as good and then there's kind of like cool the better ones could probably put more time and effort maybe also have some form of like educational background towards things you know the things they say are different and obviously my mom at the end of the day will always come and ask me for my opinion and i'll be like yeah cool right uh th- what they're telling you is is like sound you know it's safe right you can just go ahead and do it i, I what has your experience been have you tried to like i know your dad is like uh uh like old older much older and have you tried to coerce your mom because my mom is like 61 and then she started lifting when she's 60 so uh, have you tried to coerce your mom uh, to actually like do some form of like lifting I have definitely tried quite a few times um, and she's has like zero interest um, even though like, like she does more like yoga kind of. yeah. you know <laughs> so um, I think there she's still very like I guess like um still believes a lot of the old, not, not old ways, but like, she still believes that, you know, yoga or like stretching is what's going to help you, you know, make sure that you're, you're toning your muscles or like, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, even when I tell her like certain foods are not bad for you, she's like, Oh, well it is bad for you. I'm like, no, it's based off like the calories. Like obviously there's like better quality foods and, and not better, like not as good quality foods, but like, even though I tell her like, Hey, like I'm clearly like a fitness coach and I understand these things. And she'll still say like, no, that's not what it is. Like the internet said this. And I'm like, all right, well, the internet has a lot of bullshit on it. So, but how do you convince them? Like, I feel like they're very, like, she's very, I don't know if it's just my mom, but like, I, I've heard stories too, of like people just being very stuck in their own ways. Like it was, it's like harder for them to listen to their kids um, when they have believed something for a long time. So at some point I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever, <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> you think, know, I'm just going to do yeah. nothing. Yeah. I, I think I can definitely relate there, right? I think particularly with, you know, and I can only speak from experience being brought up in a somewhat Asian-esque household. So my, my dad is, I would probably say, the one who tries to have a heavier Western sort of like influence with me. So he'll he'll always enforce the idea of like speak English at home even though we speak Cantonese more fluently, that kind of thing. So growing up, like the main means of language for me communicating has always been English. Um, despite growing up in like an Asian household and yeah, you're completely right there, Lauren. Like my mom would say, Oh, um, but what about this? What about that? Oh, this is good. This is, this is bad. You know, like, and I'm like, no, not really. And then my dad would just hop in like, like, Hey, like he probably knows what he's talking about. Just Mm. probably take his advice a little bit. So I think um, there is definitely a bit of a contrast in terms of dynamic with my parents. Um, But yeah, like with, both Kedrick and Lauren, um, like both of you guys said, I think I feel like Asian parents, particularly, um, I guess for context for listeners or viewers out there, I would assume we're kind of all within the same age, like um, late twenties, early thirties, kind of kind of thing. I think our parents' generation has this idea that what worked for them in the past mm-hmm. really worked, and it's got it's it's gotten them so far like o- over time and and change is is going to be quite scary uh, especially probably for your parents uh more than anyone i guess lauren because they've obviously immigrated to the states start a new life they're like hey like that lifestyle got my kids where they want to you know got my kids how far to this point you know if i change something with my health 
it might be better, but it also could potentially be worse, right? I think that's potentially their mm-hmm. train of thought there. Yeah, definitely. Like kind of like playing it safe. And again, it's just like, also just because a lot of the things here in America, like are um, like on the Western in Western culture is like very different in terms of like, you know, nutrition and like, um, and what people say about like certain foods in China, like it's, it's, it's kind of different and they would prefer to listen to obviously like the, the news they listen to and the things that they're more interested in is obviously like through Chinese media and still in Chinese media. And then here is like, they'll say something different. And when cultures clash so much, they prefer to obviously listen to what's familiar to them. Obviously there's language barriers as well. So, you know, that's probably why they believe that. So, um, yeah, it's just a little harder to convince them, but <laughs> yeah. 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 It's interesting. I, I wonder if like, I, I know, I don't know, maybe you can share your thoughts because I think mm-hmm. your parents and, uh, like our parents are very different because, uh, in the sense that like Chung and I's parents are not like immigrant parents to Malaysia. Right. I assume Chung that your parents were born in Malaysia. Right. Yeah. So it, for the most part, yeah, yeah, and and then like for yourself, right? Like your parents were from China, and there's good reason why they left China. I mean, I mean, like obviously mm-hmm. with like the geopolitical stuff that's going on in China, uh, they left China. So there, there is, I would say that I would assume that people from like uh, like former communist slash socialist countries, their parents are a little bit more hardened because they kind of like need that character to like survive right like uh and that could potentially affect how they respond to things not to mention i I, i'm also very curious to know like in is it because you know how we always say that uh when your parents we have they want to talk to other parents say oh my 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 child is uh engineer doctor lawyer accountant or like or a scientist you know that kind of stuff just one of those like big five jobs that you have to do Mm -hmm. and it is kind of like because they in you have like the, the kind of like family structure right in like the asian the asian household and obviously sometimes uh i mean there's probably both like the good side and the bad side and a lot of times if like abused just like anything else can be like really detrimental so i feel like no matter how old you are or how qualified you are in their eyes they you always be like I'm you are you always be the child, you know, like up to today, like okay. you you would think. I mean, I'm not saying that every single person who's doing a PhD is gonna be well informed, but you would think mm-hmm. that currently me doing my PhD, giving like exercise or nutritional related advice to my parents to be like, oh yeah, you know, right? Uh but no, they'll be like sometimes they just like play the parent card and they'll be like, oh why why don't you like oh because I say so, right? You know, like the parent yeah. card and I'd be like, cool, right? You you really cannot like that's the point where you cannot reason beyond, right? Like no matter what like how good a presenter you are or how sound your logic is or the science is backing you up, once they play the parent card, it's like yeah, it, it squashes everything, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then I'll be like, okay, cool, right? It's fine, you know? Like I think that personally, as long as it's not too like they're not doing something that's detrimental to their health. Uh, I I try to have like uh not too big of an attachment towards those those things because I know that I I like the old like phrase like oh you can't teach an old dog new tricks you know not not calling our parents uh uh four legged canine but like you know sometimes it's just hard for them to change like you mentioned just now I'll be like yeah they've it's just hard for them to accept change and they perhaps they've been doing something for so long and what you know you. I'm sure like 
right now being where you are you've gone through like i don't know whether it's a journey whether it's a, like a battle what ha, how have you like like come to terms with it you know like how do you say okay cool maybe there's something they'll never understand right are you just mm-hmm. like okay with it or whatever like what is your current situation regarding uh the matter mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, it took quite a lot of like personal healing to do. I think like the, the hot topic now is like really a lot of people are talking about trauma. And I think especially within Asian cultures now, like especially mental health is currently like a very hot topic and it, and rightfully so, because I think we need to be talking about it more. And in Asian cultures, like mental health is like not something like we talk about. It doesn't, it's like, what the heck is that? You know, it's like a taboo also, topic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a taboo topic for whatever reason. It's like, and, and mental health is really just about your mindset and like just how you're feeling. But like our parents, like they never talked to me about feelings and never asked me really how I am. Um, And obviously that has hurt me quite a lot growing up. Um, And healing from that took a a lot of effort. Um, And I think that growing up because they didn't really acknowledge me as much like my feelings and how the things I was going through and I, it would kind of make me not want to like say anything. And then growing up, I was a very like I guess you would say like a very angry child. Like I was not as like happy as I am now, mainly because I had to do a lot of healing to get to this point. Um, and definitely that very much affected me when they didn't accept what I would, what I was doing. And quite often they like, because they um, didn't never really ask me about like my career or like really didn't care too much. And when I would tell them my wins, um, they also kind of like, just kind of brush it off. So um for sure. Like it, it made us like have a lot of arguments and, um, gone to the point where we would have like some, sometimes we would have like screaming matches, which is like, ever since I was little, like, it's, it's kind of like yelling to get our point across, but it never gets anywhere. Um, and like, it never really gets resolved either. So what happens would be like, you know, arguing. Right. And then, and then later, like my mom would come into the room and be like, Hey, do you want like a piece of fruit or something? Like, it's just like, it's a weird way of, I don't know. I, I hear that's like pretty common too, where like the way they apologize is like through food and it's like, it doesn't really solve anything. So for a long time, I held a lot of resentment with my parents. So, um, for sure that had affected me a lot, even getting into like, you know, into fitness and I've been like pretty much like training and like being very much in this industry now for like four years. And I think now they've kind of more come, like they don't really say much about it, but they'll always like, so randomly they'll be like, how much do you make now? You know, like, are you like, have you made enough money yet? And I'll be like, no, no, no. Like as an entrepreneur, like you're like, obviously like your, your income like fluctuates, but I'm like, you know, I'm getting there and like, I'm going places, you know, but it's, um, it's still, I think like the way I just came to terms with it, I had to do like a lot of like healing. I read a lot of books on like how to deal with like, um, especially parents who maybe grew up with like not the emotional maturity that a lot of us kind of have more so now. Um, and I had to just, you know, I've, I've been to therapy to work on it. Like my relationship with my mom was bad, like very, very bad before this year. Um, and it, it was really hard to even tell her anything or like, even when she would say hi, like I would like not even smile at her just cause it's like, I didn't think she actually cared about me, but I think the way I was able to like overcome it and it's it just realizing like, again, like kind of, kind of like what I was saying earlier was like there, even though I want them to like, maybe give me validation for what I do and, and what I do for my work, like verbal validation, which is what like I lack a lot of. Um, I, I started looking more towards the positives, like a lot of Asians households, like they, especially first, like 
if you're a first gen, like they, and if they immigrate or anything like that, like they um, show a lot of their love through action and like um, acts of service and um, just, you know, giving you food. And besides like the normal, like meeting your, the basic needs, I think that's like mainly what they're, they, they believe is like good parenting um, mm. and, and giving like that emotional support is like, not really that they, they've never, they've never been given that. So yeah, like sure, my parents sure. have never really, they, my parents were never given that. So they never learned. So that's how I learned that. Like, okay. Like the reason why they can't give it to me is because they were never taught that. And mm. they're general, like every generation, like it's just passed down. So mm. the only way I can like, the only way I can like not do that to my kids is to make sure that I'm healing from this and realizing mm. like, and t- trying to like um, come to terms with that and realize that like these a lot of adults are really just like, you know, children that have grown up essentially. And, and they've never gone, received that kind of love. So they're unable to give it to me. So I think that's how I really came a lot to terms with it. All this stuff is like, <laughs> this is like a hot topic for me just cause it's like, um, it is very hard for, um, for Asians, like growing up with Asian parents is just very hard to like get, get, get over this. Cause we want them to give this to us. Um, but it's just, like I've just accepted that I can't change it, even though I've tried very hard and I realized like it's it's just not possible unless they are like willing to. Maybe they'll take like a baby step and you can take some baby steps. But if you want to meet like in that middle ground, sometimes it's just not possible um, and you can try your best. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. And, you know, the, your, the, the way you put it, Lauren, it sort of really sum, sums it up quite perfectly. Like, you know, parents are basically grown up kids. <laughs> and you know things that they've passed they've been passed down by our grandparents or their parents and you know great grandparents and so forth and if we kind of look at it into the future the way that you know the three of us probably so speaking right now we've looking at 30 years in the future the way that we would bring up our kids sort of like the next generation is going to be solely based off our experience right mm-hmm. and i think i'll give credit where credit is due of course I'm not going to sit, sit here and like bash my parents and say like, man, you guys are trash. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I'm also kind of going to sit here and say like, you know what? Life's not always going to be perfect. Like you're going to mm-hmm. try your best to be a better, like the best parent you think you can be. Yes. I've got, you know, that resulted in some type of trauma that I've experienced because you have this pre- preconception and this misconception. Um, therefore, I will take, all the healing and trauma that I've gone gone through and sort of make sure that my kids don't go through the same. And it's going to be very ironic because when my kids grow up, chances are they're going to experience some type of thing that I've not given them. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be like, oh, my parents gave me so much emotional love, but they've never bought me an Xbox. <laughs> You know, guess I'll have to actually trauma. buy my yeah yeah trauma. guess I have to buy my you know my I'll buy my 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 kids an Xbox and we see this quite often right like our grandparents our, our, you know our grandparents they'll be like hey here's money because our parents never really give us money yeah you know and and they'll sit there like hey come come to grandma you know grandma will give you money you know that kind of thing so it it's a very sort of like cyclical ironic like situation you know I think it's mm-hmm. um it's definitely a very interesting topic to to talk about I think it's probably a really good segue as well to um, Mm -hmm. potentially ask your experiences. So like growing up, particularly being, you know, female yourself in the Asian household. And I don't know about you, but growing up in Asia, myself and Kedrick, we always had this, or at least in in my area that we grew up with, my parents were very open about telling me like, Hey, everyone's equal. 
but outside of my household i always have this thing where like athletes are males you know basketball players mm-hmm. are all men you know females will go play uh badminton you know <laughs> yes. or you know females will go dance and have you i guess experienced this when you grew up and like how did i guess particularly with gender being a very big topic in well i guess our previous generation you know females work at home men work in the fields it's very very thing how did your parents feel about you sort of like actually hey you know what i'm going to take up an activity which eventually of course turned into a career that you you're currently in which is i guess you know if we look back 20 30 years ago was let's be honest predominantly male how how did they mm. sort of like come to terms with that or you know how did you sort of pitch the idea and say hey there's something i want to do if you don't mm. want me to do it i'm still going to do it i know you're still mm. going to love me regardless <laughs> um well growing up i like you know i did pick up instruments i played the piano i played violin for several years and then i got into um dance so that was like more you know obviously female dominated and then i got into cross country um which is obviously just running and they didn't really have many comments about that you know running is good for you um and then once i got into powerlifting specifically like weightlifting that's really when a lot more of the comments mm. came in um and you know of course my parents wanted me to be active they wanted me to pick up something um but especially when i got into powerlifting you know anytime my mom like saw me or like heard me or like showed her videos also of like me lifting heavy she's like oh like like she kind of like kind of like scoff and like not really be that impressed and it's it's obviously very discouraging cuz it's something that i really enjoy and i love powerlifting and yeah i it's been a while now but it's like obviously it's been like 6 years since i started lifting weights but back then i did get like a, a lot of comments um and th- saying it's not good for you you're going to break your back and like you're going to look like a man like all these things and like fighting through that and trying it was very disheartening too just because it's like i finally found something that i really enjoy and it's something that they don't approve of you know so um yeah and and then i don't i don't think i necessarily pitched them the idea i just did it and i was just like all right i'm just going to do it like because it's very hard for me to even have a sit down conversation of saying hey like i'm going to do this what do you think like it's i don't know if that's common in other households but like for me it's just like all right i'm going to do this and they and they're just you know they'll either be very disgruntled or most likely just grunt or just neutral not very like oh yeah let's let's do it they're not like there's not much excitement around things so um so that's usually what i'm met with yeah mm interesting i think a really like good point to to like uh like look at uh is you you mentioned about how you sit your parents down and communicate i think that you know like the needs of the generation would uh would differ right as time passes uh every generation that comes would be in a different environment and like I said we are all uh, in some way shaped by our our previous environment so the way we bring up our children would be very different from our parents and uh and things like that but i do think like one thing that would probably stand like the test of time that's really important is actually communication i uh because uh you, like for example using you as an example like you said you need that that kind of like words of affirmation you know that kind of stuff but your parents would probably be the type that say cool right uh like i serve you with my actions right i make food for you that's like part of service as well and obviously the typical parents 
things that oh, I work my I work my butt off for you, you know, that kind of stuff. So you can have a comfortable mm-hmm. life, that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. the, the things that sometimes, and I think that for people who are in relationships, they might actually even see that because sometimes we think we are doing what's good for our partners, but that's not actually what they want. Then it'd be like, oh mm-hmm. no, I thought this is what you want, right? Mm-hmm. Then, but the things that with the, our partners, uh, I hope at least it's easier to communicate, right? And it, But with our parents, it's slightly harder because one, uh, I would assume that, uh, especially in the Asian household, that the communication is not uh, that like transparent, right? Like they're lo- most of the time, if your parents, I said, if your parents are like uh, immigrant parents, they probably have to work really hard at the start, right? And then they probably do not have as much time to actually have that communication aspect or even to foster that aspect. Yeah. You, you know, you don't actually like, it's the same thing. Like you don't walk up to some random kid, right? Even though like, let's just say I'm like 40 year old, I right? walk up to some random kid and say, cool, right? Uh, let me t- teach you about like sex education. I'll probably people think I'll be I'll be I'll be a, a, a pedophile. But if my parents yeah. have the relationship with me, then I mean Asian parents they don't talk about it anyway. But if my parents have a relationship with me, then they probably have more of that authority to play mm-hmm. and place to talk to me about it. So even like even that is slowly grown over time. But I just think that uh, that communication aspect in in parents is very rare. So I think the two most common things that, that that are lacking in the Asian household is like words of affirmation and like physical touch. Like my family, we're not mm-hmm. like huggers at all and I'm fine, right? I I mean, I if my, in, in future, if my like kids want me to give them physical touch and stuff, uh, I'll just, yeah, I'll hug them. And we're all like, like I said, I grew up in the family of brothers. So the... Typically, it's more probable that none of us actually have that environment of physical touch. Our physical touch is like this awkward hug where you like just stretch yeah. your arms, like, and then just tap the shoulder, the back of the shoulder. You know, like my my girlfriend asked me, "Do you not hug your brothers?" I say, "Yeah, you know, like I hug I hug them when I left at the airport when I left to New Zealand." You know? oh. like, and then yeah. you know, like, when there's other times you hug, let's say like maybe on their birthdays, <laughs> I'll be like, "I don't, oh. I don't know." Like, but then like my girlfriend like hugs like her siblings her mom all the time right so it's like quite mm-hmm. quite different you know and she's also like she's asian right but obviously uh raised in uh new zealand so if, mm-hmm. even like that there's like differences yeah. as well so I, I do think the thing is this i from what i gathered you know especially chung you mentioned just now right we know that we can do everything but there's always going to be something that's lacking uh because you cannot like I don't think like I don't think it's the role of parents to f- fulfill every single desire of the child because okay. they just end up spoiled, you know, if you give them everything without them working for it. But I do think the the aspect of like communication is very important because like I say, I might think I'm I'm giving you the world, right? Mm-hmm. right? I'm giving you everything that earth can can give. But if mm-hmm. what I what like if what my child wants is from like out it's like out of this world, right? This using an analogy, they will not appreciate it. But mm-hmm. I think that if I can tell, I think the, the biggest thing that we can do, and I think you would be able to kind of like, as coaches, we would also be able to relate is that you said, you know, if you want something, right? Like uh, you have to communicate it with to us. Right? I encourage open communication. And I think that's like really like lacking. It's like writing a program. Mm-hmm. We know we think what's best for the athlete, right? Because we've gone through, uh, for parents, there'll be like life experience, right? And all of that, they've seen more of the world, right? We, and for us as coaches, we have like coaching experience, coaching knowledge, and we write the program as such. We think this is what's best for you. But sometimes there's always something that athlete want to do. It's like, oh, I really love doing incline 
chemicals, you know, can we please put that in, right? And if it's not, mm. if it doesn't really affect too much, then be like, yeah, sure. But if it's like, you think that maybe it's like, cool, uh, they want to do like, uh, they want to do like some, ex- like compound ex- ex- accessory, which you feel is like not needed and it's doing a picking block and you want to, them to focus more of their energy towards the main lifts, you'd be like, uh, then I say, I, oh, at this moment, you just sit down, have that communication, speak yeah. to them, and then have that discussion, you know, like, I think that that is like what is lacking today, uh, especially in the Asian uh, family, is that you cannot have conversations with, uh, with, with, with uh, your parents in general, or even sometimes even with like, <clears throat> like with like siblings right so like the there's a there's a huge communication breakdown and i think that there's like where the problem stems from a lot have you, so like has that been you because i think the question to ask you now is you said that until this year your relationship with your mom has been the the best so if you don't mind sharing and i know it's a little bit personal but what are some of the major differences that you've seen with uh from last time uh at least prior 2021 and then from this year and what do you think you could attribute the change to mm, like the, my dynamic with her yep um it was super hard to do but i just like it, it's kind of like though you mentioned like the physical touch part like i well, so the so one thing is like you know physical touch and the fact that she wasn't really showing me interest and like asked me very much about my of about about uh how I'm doing and everything, um and not giving me physical touch. So, um, I would always complain about that. Like ever, ever since I was little, I always complain about how she was all the things that they were lacking of. Right. So, um, what I started doing was you know what like what am I doing though to contribute to this relationship? Maybe mm. it's, it is because like they haven't received it before. That's why mm. they don't know how to give it. During one argument that we had, like that is something that she mentioned, which was that, um, you know, growing up, she didn't need that. So she didn't know that like, that's something that you need mm. to do. She, all she knew was like, okay, I provide you a home. Um, you know, I help, I help you with your college or, you know, give you food. Like that should be enough. Right. But then that is because she said that she's never given anything else. Like when she grew up, she grew up in a little village and she had five other siblings or four other siblings. And, you know, they worked on a farm and like, that's really all she knew. So I realized that, you know, like, it's not something that she's familiar with. Um, so it's hard for her to like, all of a sudden just start hugging me or all of a sudden just like start taking interest in my life. Um, so I had to do the very hard thing of like, okay, like I need to take baby steps to make this relationship work. So I started to, you know, when I would like leave to like go visit my boyfriend or something like I, or just to go out for like, you know, for the weekend, if I wasn't coming back, like I would make sure to give, uh, give her a hug. And it was super uncomfortable, even to this day. It's like, it's that kind of uncomfortable. I'm just like, uh, but then afterwards, like it got to be like, okay, fine. And then I would also give her a kiss on the cheek. Cause I think like, I started like, again, like instead of looking at all the things that like are all the trauma and all the negative things that like have happened and how much I hated her growing up. Like I despised her so much. Um, and you know, it sucks to say that now because I absolutely love my mom. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing her more in like a positive light now realizing that like, she is like the most hardworking person I know. And I know that like, I, I get a lot of it from her. Um, so I'm starting to like kind of realize, cause like we're very similar. We're either end up being very similar to our parents or like very like different, like people either go either ways. Mm. Um, and you know, I kind of like, I took a lot from her, even though I'd mm. never really realized it. Like I can say like a lot of my work ethic 
can it comes from like seeing her like working around the house or like making food and like taking care of my dad being my dad's pretty much um, his personal caretaker um, Mm -hmm. at this point so like seeing that and you know even though she makes like remarks and everything like I'm able to see her more and I I try to spin it in my head like instead of whenever I'm upset I have to like kind of not react to that thought of like the normal thought of like oh like she's a she's being a a bitch or whatever um and you know I don't like this and like why is she like this why does she have to say things instead of those things I'm just like okay I have to remind myself and kind of like look at it with compassion saying that you know she just was never taught this and like my grandma is like that too so I see like the similarities where like my grandma complains about everything. So she started to like, you could start seeing that with my mom and then passing down to me. Like I, w- I used to complain a lot about everything and, and anything. So realizing that like a lot of my patterns and a lot of her patterns are just, again, passed down, just having compassion towards that. And then also taking the steps that like being the first person to be the bigger person had to be what I had to do. And it was super hard. Cause I was like, well, she's not doing it. Why do I need to do it? And that, is what happens in relationships where it's like, oh, well, if you're not going to text me first and I'm not going to text you, like, you know, like that kind of deal. Mm. So, so with her, like I started to having to like, you know, give her hugs slowly. And then she slowly started to like be a little bit nicer to me. And I'm okay, because she's being a little bit nicer to me because I did this one thing, I'm going to do even more, you know, I'm asking her, Hey, how was your day? Like, you know, um, take more interest in her because she wasn't taking as much interest in me. So she started asking me more about things and slowly it like, it, it slowly it started to work out but I had to also come to the, it it can't it took a lot to come to that point I had to also like not have expectations for the fact that like maybe she like even if she never reciprocated I have to still keep giving and like still at least being the example because you know growing up your your parents are the example but as you get, grow up and you become an adult you have to realize that like you know again like you see your 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 parents as like not like this like figure that knows everything, but then that they're also humans that like also lack knowledge and things. They also make, you know, mistakes and um, realizing that like, I have to also be the one to like be a role model for this and teach her what she wasn't taught to. So coming to that was like, it was so hard to do. Um, And to this day, like it's, it's so much better now, but even being able to like take full ownership was hard. It's like your ego comes in and you're just like, no, like you should do it first. You're the mom, you know, like you should know how to do this and give me what I need. Cause I'm the child. Then like, you should take care of me, but it comes to like, I'm like, I need to take care of myself first and like be the one to step up in charge. Cause if I don't do it, this may never resolve. And um, easily this, I, I probably wouldn't be ever talking to her again if I didn't do that. Mm. So it, it came down to really that. Yeah. Yeah. And um quick question lauren like do you currently at least do you still live with your parents or you kind of moved out yeah i'm still at home yeah Mm -hmm. and i think you know and i'm gonna just speak from experience here this is something that i feel a lot of asian households particularly um and i always envy this with the western cultures like like growing up and and that's kind of where, you know, I really, at that point when I turned 18, I really like kind of put my foot down mm-hmm. was, and again, very stereotyping people here, but mm-hmm. uh, it's just a common thing. When people turn 18, particularly if you're growing up in a more westernized culture, so not Asia, but outside of Asia in general, they always have this conversation, hey, you're 18, you got to start paying your bills now, mm-hmm. you know, or you, you, or you move out, you know, and in, in Asia, that's like the complete reverse. Um, you know, I'm not going to name names because, you know, I'm not going to throw, but 
I know very, very close people to me who live under their parents, uh, who live with their parents, not because they want to, but because they're kind of forced to, despite being mm. like 25, 26, 27, 28, and they've never had that exposure of, of sort of like living out. And mm. one thing that really helped me, and, you know, again, like I'm very thankful for my parents for being very open to that idea was actually moving to a completely separate country the moment I turned 18. Mm. And I felt my relationship growing up with my parents was never great. But the moment I left, my relationship became 10 times better. Mm-hmm. Like miles and miles. Like we're talking like all of a sudden they actually take interest in what I'm doing. And I think it comes down to like, I'm not in control of you anymore. All of a sudden I'm like, mm-hmm. shit, like what is he up to? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And they start, they start stalking me on Facebook. It starts sending me messages like, hey, saw your post. Like, what's this about? And I'm like, oh, you, you know, um, yeah, I'm doing this, you know, this and that. And I think, you know, again, speaking potentially again, the way that potentially the Asian American culture might be very different to the Asian culture in, in Southeast Asia. I'm pretty sure that's the case. But growing up in Southeast Asia, there is this power struggle, I feel like, parents not wanting their kids to leave home. Like, they will always say, no, you stay. Why Why pay rent? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why pay rent? Just stay home. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, I put food on your table. I'll pay your rent. <laughs> you you yeah. go work. You come back. You park your car here. You, you need a car? I'll take my car. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, I get that. But, <laughs> you know, I, I want to pay for something, you know? And and, and, and it's it's like this thing where the moment I feel like when they leave, when they come to a point where they let you be who you are, and, and I think there's very, very, I think there's a this is the Western adoption where I really like. It's like, hey, when you're 18, you're an adult. Start living like one. You know, whereas mm-hmm. in like the Asian, Asian household, it's like, hey, you're 18. You're still my child. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I'm going to nourish and take care of you until you get married and yeah. I'm forced to, and I'm, and, I, and I'm basically forced to, you know, let you go from my house. Um, I don't know what's your experience with, I guess, that context. I know that's a very broad uh, question. Yeah. So um, I think that actually ended up benefiting me just because it's like, you know, I live in California, Southern California specifically, um, in LA County. So, um, rent here is like very expensive. It's like ridiculous right now. And, um, I think, you know, I've, I've wanted to move out quite a few times. Um, and I, you know, I, of course I can afford to, but I think part of it is also cause like with my dynamic with my family is like very unique also. Cause like my dad is a senior, like he is older. He's very healthy too, by the way. Like he's like probably the healthiest 93 year old person that you can ever meet to like, um, you know, he doesn't need crutches or anything. He can still walk very well. Like he's still very energetic. And I'm like, wow. But I think I'm really blessed to have this opportunity to still like stay at home um, currently just because I can be around them and like, um, and, and it just really helps to be around them. Cause like, even though, like, even though like our relationship was like not good up until this year, um, I I've now I've, ha- I found a new appreciation for the fact that like I stay home and like they, yeah. Um, even though like not everything's perfect and like, you know, you're still under their house. So like they, um, 
they you know, they, they still have their own rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I realize I still look at like, again, like I try to look at the positives and see like, okay, like they, uh, I don't, once I move out, I'm not going to have very much time left with them. Meaning that mm. like, how often do you see your, your parents, you know, mm. like, unless it's for a major holidays or like, you know, maybe two week vacation to see them. But like our time with them is very limited because growing up until you're like 18 or, or whatever, like you see them every day, but then after that and you move out, like you don't have very many quality time days with them. 100%. And I feel like growing up because I never appreciated that um, and didn't have a good dynamic with them. I'm realizing now I'm just like, okay, like this is the time for me to like really not necessarily repair, but in, like almost like heal the relationship before I do leave. Um, and I, again, like I try to always put a positive spin on it. Like, yes, not everything is perfect and I'm not going to get everything I want. Um, but it's, it's going to, you know, bring me closer to them and I can like do as much as I can to the, the capacity that they're able to like, also like give me like, you know, the, the boundaries and everything too, that I need. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. I like a lot of what you're saying in the sense that we, we have our set of, we set, we have our environment that we cannot control because in this case, our parents, we can't control our parents. I mean, it would be great if we can, right? Like, oh yes, give me all the money and nothing else, right? But I I think what you talk a lot about and you bring is like the agency, right? You're per, you as a human being as that have that has agency and the ability to control stuff. Like you said, you can take a positive look at things. And you also, I think the great thing about what you mentioned is that you try to understand your parents, you know? I think it's so easy. And I think that shows a lot of emotional uh, emotion, ma- emotional maturity on your end. You know, you try to understand the other person's point of view, right? And like empathy is a sign of uh, emotional intelligence, right? And you try to empathize with their point of view and you realize that your, your mom lacked this when they grew up. And uh, that is why, you know? So I think that is like really important because a lot, I think it's very easy today nowadays just to paint yourself as the victim and oh, the world's against me, you know, but I do think that people need to take agency. And like, like you said, I have, you went through therapy, you went on reading stuff and yeah, you know, you, in that methods, you explore options to try and understand why your parents are performing or doing things the way they are. And where does that come from, you know? So I think like that that, that is quite uh, a, a huge thing for all, all our listeners out there. It's just that you, you need to actually have the agency to want to elicit change, right? Regardless of what, what, what area in your life. And you have to kind of like do the work as well. Uh, and I think it's also like very important when you mentioned that, and I was just having this thought in the back of my head. So I am drawing this very, like stereotypical uh, Asian family versus white family, you know, like Chung mentioned, white family move out, right? And I also know that the family structure in the white, uh, the white family or Western family, I don't want to say white family, right? I don't. So the Western family is a little bit uh, loose, right? There's mm-hmm. there isn't really much a family structure, and w- what you said kind of like struck me in the sense that a lot. I'm not sure whether this is true because I've never actually looked at the stats, but it's very easy to be. Uh, to be the kind where cool, right? I just have to tolerate, right? Mm-hmm. My parents till I'm 18 and then I leave the house and hasta la vista, baby, never seeing you yeah. again, right? And you don't have that opportunity to so-called uh, deal with your demons, right? Yes, and, yeah. And I, I, the thing is that it's very common and then be like, you and your parents are then like just friends like oh hi bye but you actually like 
don't actually have the opportunity because you no longer need to once you're out, right? You have mm-hmm. an independent life. But I do think at the end of the day, right, upbringing and, and stuff has a big role. I'm on the fence that, like, I know moving out is like the sign or like uh, the sign of uh, growing up. But I personally think that if you're moving out for the sake of moving out, like I do, I don't think that that's a good idea. Like I know friends who literally just move five minutes away from their parents. I'm like, dude, like, what's the yeah, point? Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. 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 If, you're, no if, point. You're, if you're like five minutes away, I'm like, dude, yeah. like, that's like, a little bit. Yeah. You know, and the, like, and the thing is, every time you have a problem, you call your parents and come and help you, right? Like, yeah. uh, because you know they're five minutes away. So, for me, I'm seeing that is as you want to eat, you want to ha- both have your cake and eat it at the same time. You want every, all the good things, but you don't want to like have some form of responsibility as a child right? mm-hmm. I do think that parents have roles to play child have roles uh, as a child you have uh, a role to play as well and mm-hmm. I, I really like how you, you just mentioned that yeah you know you gave me opportunity to like it gave me an opportunity to like speak to my mom you know like mm-hmm. uh, get closure talk, sing, talk things out and I do think that's crazy as well because if your mom let's just say if your mom actually uh, form uh, is open right to what you are actually telling her, it means that she's growing as, as a person, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's changing her mindset. And mm-hmm. it's crazy because if you think about it, we are helping our parents grow, right? Mm-hmm. Something that we think would, I mean, even though it's like small steps and we don't think that the progress is as significant as we like, right? But they are changing. And I think it's mm-hmm. just amazing that we can actually like help our parents grow because all this time our parents are the one to be like, yeah, you know, learn this, go to school. Mm-hmm. They are the ones so-called helping us grow. But now like we have this opportunity and I think that that is really, really good. And uh, I, I I think it's more of a, a privilege that I can have, you know, like I can like speak to my parents and my parents actually takes me seriously now. I'm like, wow, like this mm-hmm. is like next level, right? I don't care about never, anything. Never had, never had that. Yeah. yeah, that in the last eighteen years. Yeah, like, I'm your parents. Like, I get that, but <laughs> hear me yeah. out. <laughs> and, and, like, oh, yeah. shit. and I think a lot of times as well, when we form like the past like trauma and hurt, we also were in a state of like the lack of emotional uh, uh yes. intelligence because we were young, right? We we're young, right? We're young, but dumb. Uh, <laughs> and we just want to do everything our way, right? And sure, up our, our parents might not give us what we want and they sometimes might not communicate it in the best ways you know like they play the parent card or like ground you for no reason or maybe punish you too severely and harshly but i think at the end of the day like you said if you look things from a positive positive light right and if you think your parent parents always come from a place of love i think that the drive to actually uh, have that reconciliation or actually like deal with the past issues is much greater than just Bye and like mm-hmm. it's off you know and coming from like a family of like for my mom always tell me sometimes like they themselves feel like not not hurt but they wish that we would actually be we would not treat the house like a hotel like you know just like mm-hmm. go in eat and then go up to our room mm-hmm. sleep and then just leave right because our parents are at home you know like the thing my mom says that she really like uh thinks that I I do really well and it's very simple. It's just that every time I see them, I'll say, hi, ma, hi, pa, or I address them, right? And it's just very simple. I'll, when they come out, I'll just greet their best. My, my, my siblings, uh, some of them, they just like do their own stuff, right? So I do think that both like growing up in the Asian household, we all have our roles to, to play and we're never going to play our roles on responsibilities perfectly. 
uh, at least most of the time, we won't be able to do that. But I think that that's why we have like that communication. And if you think about it, just living with your family is just opportunity to have more communication. And if you can do it the right mm-hmm. way, it'll be like, yeah, like fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it goes, so like for listeners too, I don't want you to say that like, you know, sometimes that, with your parents, depending on like your situation, I'm not saying that like, you know, some, like some households are more abusive and I'm not saying that like, it's going to work for everyone, but it, it worked for me. Right. Cause I don't want people to think, Oh, well, like, you know, like it worked for you, but you can't say that because it's like, for me, it's like a different situation. Like, I think that it's half of like ownership and then half of like understanding boundaries. Like some people, mm. I think it would be better for them to move out. Like sometimes like it can be a very abusive household mm. to the point where it's like extremely detrimental to your mental health. Where like, you know, and there's like, it's a very fine line, right? Like you tell mm. people to take ownership of themselves, but then they say that like, oh, well, like then you're like, you know, it's gaslighting or whatever, like whatever the people like to say nowadays to avoid responsibility. And like half of it is you need to have at least tried your yep. very, very best. Yeah. And then if even that didn't work and it's still, it's getting even worse. And you like, you know, hundred percent, like you've tried your best, you've tried everything and like, you've done absolutely everything you could. Um, then that's when you have to know when to like separate. But until you've like actually tried at your very best, um, then, you know, and then you can leave essentially like that relationship if you need to, like if it's better for your mental health. So, you know, not like for me, it it really worked out because I think it was great that my mom was receptive. Some people just aren't like, there's definitely people who um, definitely narcissistic, narcissistic parents. Mm. Um, And it's, it's hard to, you know, I can't really speak for like everyone that like the way I did things worked because some people might've tried and it didn't work, but also it just very dependent on like how people approach it. Like how much did you really try versus like, you know, like didn't, and then just decide, okay, I'm gonna up and leave because you didn't give me this when I was a kid. Um, So, but the main thing is of course, like first take responsibility because for sure, like I can speak you know, cause you mentioned earlier, like, um, people often like victimize themselves. I definitely did that because like, it, it's like, it's like kind of like an echo chamber where like you hear, if you're like around a lot of Asians, they talk about their parents too. Like, Oh, my parents did this. Oh, they did this to me too. Like, Oh my God, we're all victims. And then mm-hmm. you kind of feel like helpless. You're like, oh, well, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's, we're all the same. It's just the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of just accept it and you're just like, Oh, this sucks. I'm gonna leave because everyone else feels it. They, they'll probably tell you like, yeah, just leave too. So it's like, it's, it's, it's like everyone feels the same way. So it's like the only option is just to leave instead of like trying to see like if there's anything to even mend. Um, so, so, so yeah, like depression, the, like, that's another thing too. Like in Asian households, it's just like, or Asian children is like we, depression, and anxiety is like definitely something that I see a lot of um, and hear a lot of, especially from like my, from clients too, like people that I work with, they, they talk about how they have that. And then like often stems from, you know, um, childhood and things like that. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because, um, mm. you know, like it's it's definitely one of those topics that I think is very, um, you know, personal, but also like I know some listeners out there may be also dealing with something like this. And, um, you know, first it's, first step is like taking those baby steps. And mm. even if like even like a little bit of change in them, like kind of like you said, Kendrick, is like you might not be everything that you want, but at least if you see some change with them, like for me, for example, for my mom, like she was actually asking me like, how's your day? Or like, how was this event? Like even that simple question, even though it's like not full blown, like a conversation where like, we're sitting down, like having fun, like friends, it's still better than before, you know? And like, it's, it's, it's great. And like, as long as I hold on to that little grain of like, okay, there's improvement and see that as like a huge positive, then we just kind of keep adding on to it. And, Mm. Um, making things better yeah 
I should think for our listeners out there, like the to understand that the improvement is like relative. Like for for your example, you know, you said like, oh, your mom just asking you, uh, how's your day, uh, and uh, how how did like uh, work today at the gym go? Like to some people, that'd be really trivial, right? So the progress mm-hmm. is always like relative. So tr- don't don't compare like your mm-hmm. your family to other people's family. What you have, I think, what you're trying to say, you have to understand as well that. Like when you mentioned the the abuse abusive thing, as obviously like if it's physical abuse, like yeah, you probably have to run yes. away, you know that yeah, kind of stuff. Or like know. verbal, like verbal. I'm I think verbal abuse is like a little bit more of a fine line because like there's always like scolding in like the Asian parents there's, like there's, scolding there's and criticism, yelling. there's scolding, yeah. and then there's just like straight yes, your trash. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> yeah. You, you, I think to differentiate and know, like that. I think I would know. At least I hope most people know when it's no longer coming from a place of love. Uh, then you you can and you see that that is like really like for example, if someone goes like like your parents are out there like most of the time like yelling at you only like when they're drunk and stuff like that's definitely like red flags already. But mm-hmm. I I bring back the thought that like, when my mom scolds me, she always cries, you know, like and then mm. because she herself feel hurt that she's scolding me and like mm-hmm. why like you know it's like then like that kind of like. Oh yeah, I, I kind of yeah. scold, scolding is very different from like like actual like verbal abuse. So I think like like you say, there's always that fine line. It's always important to differentiate. One, you don't want to to say everything's okay. You know, like you can't like you have like bruises everywhere. And say no, it's okay, it's fine. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be the punching bag. But neither you want to you don't want to be on the other end and say everything's abuse, right? Like everything is like just like like everything's verbal abuse. I think like mm-hmm. to differentiate that that fine line is very important as well. And I do think like I I think the the biggest thing is like. You you said it's just like yeah you know make that small change you know and of course like you know when to give up like if the battle is not worth fighting fighting in the uh, non literal sense don't fight with your parents right like if it's not worth fighting at least in this phase of life right like maybe you can like what Chung said maybe you Chung didn't have a good relationship with your parent his parents you know he 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 left home now he has a much better relationship and he's in a much better place right to actually have that conversation with your parents you mm-hmm. can always come back. To mend that relationship when you are better, and perhaps maybe having some time apart, right, with your parents would actually do you good because you just mm-hmm. been every day clashing heads. Maybe like taking some time off would be good. And then, you yeah, know, exactly. when and every situation is different. But first of all, I think the most important thing for our listeners here is one: we are not we're uh, not this, giving this po- advice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're not giving. We're, we're not giving advice on what to do. Right? Hopefully, it's just can take, our point of view. <laughs> yeah, take the take like the principles. Of, I think the biggest thing is like communication. Like that, I think regardless of the time and the generation and different families, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, communication is important regardless, right? Just for people in general, communication is very important. So I think that's something people can take away. And this is also not a podcast where we go and like air our dirty laundry and bash our parents. So that, that's very important. I do think like all of us, three of us. Yes, I love, I, I love my parents. That's, yeah. Honest, honest, <laughs> honest to God. Yeah. 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 So but I really like what 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 you you have said, you know, and I think it's like really important for our listeners out there as well, because yeah, they always say like, oh, you know, this I can't do this. My parents are like that, you know. But like I said, mm-hmm. have you have you even have you tried? tried? Yeah, yeah. That, that, tried, that, that, really? that's the big yeah. question. Have you really tried? Yeah, and I think you know we can talk to the Carl Sam Home, um, Lauren, and it's been a really really great episode so far. But I guess what we usually ask, I guess, to close, and I'll let you kind of you know, just whatever comes to mind comes to mind is if you take, taking it back to square, back to square one, hence, you know, kind of the theme of the podcast as well. 
particularly for growing up in like an Asian household, right? What do you think are some of the most important things um, to do, especially if you inherently know that your passion or your future doesn't really lie um, in line with what your parents want? Like, what do you mm-hmm. think is a good step to take if we were going to take it, stripping it back to basics? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, of course, like everyone wants to make their parents proud and, and like, you know, because your parents have raised you and they've, they've taken care of you for a long time and then disappointing them is like the last thing that a lot of us want to do. Um, but I think like remembering that, like, you know, your own happiness matters too. And that like, I think a lot of us grow up to be people pleasers and we want to make sure that other people are happy, but then it kind of, we kind of put like, put ourselves last. So I think I I want people to know that, you know, like being selfish, um, like meaning like putting yourself first is not selfish. Um, in, In actuality, like if you're like completely selfless and you don't put your goals first, like you end up being the one that's unhappy and you can't be the best version of yourself for everyone else. So, you know, you may b- disappoint people in the short term, but in the long run, like they'll be proud of you. And I think that's what really matters is like remembering the long-term vision. Um, because like, if you commit to whatever you're trying to do, if, whether it's to be, you know, a fitness coach, um, you want to be, you know, in arts or you want to be something that like your, your parents would probably frown upon, you know, just just realize that like your happiness has to come first. And like, you know, you, you can also try to communicate with that with them, like as much as you can, if they don't understand that sometimes you just have to still stick with like the goals that you have, because too often people go down the career route that they don't love and they just end up being miserable. And like your parents wouldn't want to see you be miserable. They want you to be happy. It's just their idea of like what they think um, is going to make you happy is different. And Mm. it's kind of like, you have to just show them, you know, you have just have to show them like what it really means to be happy. And like that, it, that the how, what happiness means for you is like different from what they think is going to make you happy. Um, sometimes like, you know, parents want you to have like this, this job that like pays a lot because they think money is everything. Mm. Um, but if your values are different, like as long as they see you happy, I, and if they, and if they truly care about you, which every parent like should love their child <laughs> and should give them that love, they should like know that if you're happy, then they'll be happy for you in some way. So like that's how I've seen it and come to terms with it and come to peace with, with that. And I know my parents are very proud of me. They do not verbalize it, but I could see it through their actions. Um, and, and I know, like, I, I know they really care. And I would say like, you know, whatever you do, like follow what, um, what you believe in and yeah, go down the path that you choose. Yeah. Very good. I think uh, like in the, words of the wise philosopher, Dominic Toretto or Vin Diesel. Family is important. <laughs> family first. Uh, right? but, first. Yeah, we, I, I definitely enjoy this podcast a lot. You know, I appreciate you coming on here. I think uh, the listeners would be able to at least take away some good tidbits and hopefully be able to use it in their navigation of their life day-to-day with their family, right? Like I said, this is not advice, but perhaps hopefully we can help you uh, navigate through life uh, and relationship with your family when a similar uh, occurrence pop up. But yeah, uh, just before we close, perhaps Lauren, you want to share where people can find you if they want to contact you. Obviously, uh, if our listeners, if we have listeners in like the SoCal area, I I don't know if our reach is that far, but yeah, where can they find you and what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Lauren Pond and I'm also on TikTok as well. So um, yeah, if you want to reach out to me, you can just shoot me a DM if you ever want to talk about anything or anything I mentioned in this podcast, feel free to just message me. Yeah. 
All right. Thank you very much for your time. And to all our listeners out there, if you like this episode, don't forget to share it, uh, subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening and or YouTube. And yeah, we'll see you all next time. Thank you.